Hey sis, are you FaceTiming me from HomeSense again? Saving money, that's my jam. What do we think? Outdoor dining set or wicker lounge set? Since your signature dish is a margarita, go with lounge. Okay, I am so ready for this party. It's been too long. Wait, go back. Show me those pretty ceramic plates. They're melamine. Even you can't break them. Look, these cute cushions match is my Is that sh my shirt? Outfit your outdoors. Have it today at HomeSense. Standout pieces. Outstanding prices. Is your savings just sitting there? Well, put it to work. A premium online savings account from PenFed earns way more than the national average, so you can get your savings working on earning you a vacation, or a new kitchen, or that fancy exercise mirror. Apply at PenFed.org savings. Premium online savings account holders must agree to electronic delivery of account opening disclosures and monthly statements. $5 minimum required to open an account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. PenFed's got great rates for what's up everybody it's your boy taz i would like to personally thank you for checking out the intro dallas podcast the intro provides a great opportunity to build a platform to open discussions and dialogue featuring taboo topics pop culture relationship spirituality political stance while opening doors for people looking to introduce their brand such as cutting edge individuals who can forge a positive impact in our community i am excited that you would take out the time to listen to this show do me a favor check us out at www.ilovethespotlight.com for spotlight radio and for our headliner show the Cheryl underwood radio show monday through friday Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Taz, and you're tuned in live to Spotlight Radios, the show, Underwood Radio Show, while you're listening on the Intro Dallas podcast. So I'm from the South, and I don't want to butcher your name, bro, so I'm going to just let you go on and take that first name for me. Go on and do that for me. Man, it's Jannard Wells. <laughs> I wasn't too far off. Jannard Wells, he has a new TV show on Clio TV. Well, it's not a new show, second season of New yes. Soul Kitchen, man. Tell me a little bit about the show. Man, you know, one of the cool things about New Soul Kitchen is what I'm doing is taking, taking our style of cuisine that we grew up loving and modifying it for today's healthier lifestyle. Uh, New Soul Kitchen is on Clio TV, which is a millennial, a network for millennial women of color, but they bring me in to add to the extra enhanced flavor. I have four amazing ladies that are guests on, guests on there with me. And look, we're throwing down some of any and everything you can think of. I have one lady that's, that's from South Africa that's from Ghana. We're whipping up cuisine from Ghana. Yeah, we're really taking you back to the motherland. Have an Afro-Cuban chef where we're whipping up all kind of authentic international dishes. I have one lady that's all about that comfort food. So if you want that, look. That dry aged T bone steak skillet in the cast iron skillet, mm. we gonna give it to you. Then we got that vegan chef. So you're like, man, look, I don't even deal with that meat. I want the vegetables, but we gonna give you veganism our way. Yeah. You know, we about putting that flavor in everything. But what one of the cool things about New Soul Kitchen is, all of our rest, recipes are modified for today's healthier lifestyle. So if you health country, you're like, man, I love my collard greens, but I don't like the fat back and things like that. We're showing you how to put this smoked turkey leg in there. Those kind of things like that. So you still get that impactful flavor and you ain't got to feel bad after eating it. And we're doing it in 30 minutes. That's a lot for a 30 minute show. 
I was looking at <laughs> a lot of the promos that, that you have on your Facebook. And like I said, you have a nice panel of guests with the ladies that's on this season with you. What um what is one thing that you take from your guests that you apply to your life even after they're gone? You know, one of the biggest things is is their authentic way, their cuisine and, and see because I'm 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 really all things food and I really just love the culture culture of where each one of them bring their own individual aspect and I apply different ingredients, different methods that, that they show me, and I apply it into my style of cooking. So what it does, ultimately, it makes my unique spin on cooking becomes this, this all-out melting pot. So mm-hmm. you don't become what you would be a, a one-dimensional chef or, or, or just cooking cuisine one style. You know, this really helps build the bridge of, of getting out of that box when it comes to cooking. Because, you know, we tend to think that when we cook, hey, this is how my mother taught me, or this is how my grandmother yeah. taught me, and this is the Bible. I ain't being away from it. If they say you got to fry it this way, or you got to see it this way, this is all I'm doing. And these different cultures really open up your mindset and open up your taste buds and let you know it's okay to be off the plane, especially if you want a different experience because the question I always ask people, how many ways can you fix chicken? How many ways can you, yeah. you, you, you steer steak? You know, and this is what we do. We show you how to take the proteins and vegetables that you're eating on autopilot every day and put new ingredients, new styles, where now it becomes a new experience. New Soul Kitchen is like going to a different restaurant every day and trying something. Yes. And it's good. I am not a, I've never, ever wanted to try vegan until I saw the video. Like, y'all oh, make man. vegan look like soul food. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm country. I make it, y'all make. You all make <laughs> vegan look like soul food, and y'all make me want to actually and try that. And it tastes that. like it. Man. And it tastes like it. Look. In, in the upcoming in this uh, in the upcoming episode, I'm doing uh, I'm creating because one of the things is I have vast knowledge in in all of the fields that the young ladies in, and what I do is I take my style and I use it and blend it and pair it with theirs. So one of the things that we're we're, we're going to be doing is I'm creating a vegan burger, but this vegan burger is made with lentils, black beans, and beef. And seeing people be like, beef? See, we're visual creatures. And, and then when you typically, when you see a burger, you're used to that burger being brown. You're used to yes. seeing that, that red ground beef. And so when you add beef to it, beef makes your burger look just like a real burger. So if it's in hindsight, an individual that looks at this burger, they'll think that it's real ground beef, but it's not. It's just the beef, it's the color of beef. That redness is so powerful, it alters the way the burger looks and makes it have that appearance. But we're searing it up the same way. We're adding Ooh. some amazing caramelized onions on it. We're toasting that bun. Man, I'm telling you, look, you can eat this burger right here, and you'll feel light right after. You can go to the gym and work out after eating this wow. burger right here. And it tastes good because it's all about adding those flavors and those seasonings to it that gives us that umami experience that we always love. Look, 
love yeah. experience when it comes to eating yeah. like that. And the burger is just one of the things, man. We're doing a, a host of things. So, look, you got to make sure you tune in and check it out. I'm in for it. Shout out to your wristwear, by the way. I'm jealous of all of that, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm liking that. <laughs> yeah. Thank so, you. Yes, yes, man. What got you interested in cooking in the first place? My father was a chef, you know, and as a, as a child, spending time with him in the, in the kitchen, man, I started cooking when I was eight years old. Um, my grandfather, he owned a farm, and, and he and my father was always, they had me out there with them. They had a smokehouse. You know what it's like growing up in Mississippi, yeah. having a smokehouse. They had a cattle farm, pig farm. They were growing corn, yes. man, soybeans, man, collard greens, all these things. And so I'm out <laughs> here, and it was their way of me spending time with them. And so I'm getting to see all this and play a part and watch them cook it. You know, and it really just stuck with me. And it was one of those things that was like, man, I really want to hone in on these skills. So I later on went to culinary arts school and I majored in French and Cajun cuisine because I wanted to take it a step further than just as people say, oh, soul food. No, it's this is American cuisine because we invented this. This is our culture yes. who started this. So I don't want you to just just try to, say soul food and close it into just one African-American culture because let's be real, the style of cooking that we do, all cultures do it. You'll yeah. go in restaurants and you'll be eating fried chicken and you'll look at the kitchen and be like, man, who, this chicken is so good and it won't even yeah. be us in there. But they're yeah. using our recipes. Yeah. I actually so have a restaurant here. I have a uh -huh. restaurant here in Dallas. It's called Mother Daughter Diner. It's a soul food restaurant ran by Mexicans, but you would think that there's one black grandmother in the back telling them how to season everything. <laughs> nope. All they do is they get a hold of our they get a hold of our recipes and they take them and run with them. And we as a culture, and that's one of the things why I felt it was so important to bring four African American ladies onto the show with diverse yeah. backgrounds so that our culture can see, hey, it's okay to step outside of that box and create untraditional dishes that we typically wouldn't do. Because guess what? All these other cultures and nationalities, they've been doing it to us for years. Mm -hmm. So why don't we bridge that? If I want some amazing Mexican or Latin American food, I shouldn't have to go to the Latin American restaurant or the Mexican restaurant to get it. I should be able to, I should have the ability to take one of those recipes and create that unique dish, but put my own spin on it in the comfort of my own home. This is get true. The same great results. I think one of the bad things for me being that I'm, I'm country like, I love how you all measure your seasonings. Because all I do <laughs> is this. And whenever yes. I think it's good, <laughs> I'm done. Yes, and that's the thing. That's actually, as I say, for a chef, that's a gift and a curse. And what I mean by when I say for a chef, that's a gift and a curse, because that's the same way that I was raised. And when, why I say it's a gift is because we naturally and instinctively possess the ability to know the right amount of seasoning mm. just by picking it up. Just like, mm. like, like, look, I don't cook by no, use no recipe. I know how much 
That's our gift. The curse side of it for a chef is, is if you ever want to write a cookbook, you can't do it. Ask you, that recipe, you, you, you can't do it. You, 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 you lost. You know, so that's the, that's the gift and the curse to that. And it took me years of training myself because what I would start doing, like all the recipes I would create, I would find myself, especially at a young age, throwing, throwing in different ingredients, throwing different herbs and spices in and come out great. And it's like, okay, what did you do? Oh, well, I added this, I added that, but I mm-hmm. had no measurements. So I had to start going back through, all right, slow down, Shedge. Now, and every time I add a, a pinch of salt, Okay, how much was that? All right, this. Pinch of this. It tasted, 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 until it was like how when I'm just adding. And that's how I came up with my tried and true recipes. And then after doing it for so long, I just, it just became recognizant. Mm-hmm. Hey, you got to start thinking about somebody who wants to follow you or follow your recipe, so you got to give it to them. But mm-hmm. what I always tell people, recipes, are meant to be formed into your own. So if I give you a recipe that I love, it may be an ingredient in there that you may not like or you may like, want more of it. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to add that because that's how you make a dish become yours. Because when people fall in love with your cooking, it's you that fall in love with it. It's the way you fix it. Mm-hmm. No two people cook a dish the same. You can give two people the exact same recipe, and I guarantee you, it's going to taste different because that's where, as we call it, the soul food, that's where that soul type comes in. It's about the way you were feeling. It's about the emotion, yeah. how you put it in there, how your hands drop. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Taz. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. Number one, it's free. Number two, they're creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So do me a favor, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That spice in it, and that's what makes it unique. So, how has um, your cooking style evolved from season one of your show? You know, one of the biggest things with my cooking style is I continue to always push myself to to try new herbs and spices, to mix different ingredients, to constantly keep pushing the bowl because. One of my things is even with my own lifestyle and my own health journey, I'm constantly looking for ways to modify a dish to taste the same, but with less of the fat, less of the calories, less of the sugar. So it, my palate has to truly be keen on what herbs, what spices. So if I want something to taste like it has salt in it, but I don't want to use any salt, what spices, what herbs can I blend together? to naturally get that experience on my tongue without using it so I feel good. You know, if I want something spicy, but you don't want to use a lot of just traditional cayenne pepper and things, so mm-hmm. what do you do? You mix things like cinnamon and cumin and smoked paprika together, and it tastes like you, you're creating a chili powder. You know, you want to get that, that sodium taste and things without using salt, so then you 
you start folding in cilantro and minced garlic and blending yes. those greetings together. And when you put it to heat, it forms into it's just like chemistry. That's really what cooking is. And so that's the ultimate thing that I've pushed myself to, even when it comes to getting that great experience with the steak, you know, normally when you're searing it in that cast iron skin, they like you're using that brown butter. Okay, so what do I do instead of using the brown butter if, you, if you're worried about cholesterol but you want that same good sear? Let's use avocado oil. Avocado oil has, has a low burn content, so you get that same experience. But you, what you do is you add it in the cast iron skillet at the last bit of it so that it lightly coats the top of that steak. You know, those are things that I'm constantly pushing myself. I'm constantly studying, you know, because as a chef, we can never get content in our cuisine because the way we cooked two, three years ago, we don't cook that way and it's constantly mm-hmm. evolving. So you got to always stay on the, on the cuff of what you're doing and what you're creating to, to hey, to stay marketable. Well, today, I think I'm going to go get some avocado oil. I've, I've never heard of it, but I'm going to go look for it today. I'm, I'm, Very like good. I say, I'm stuck on peanut oil, Tony Sachery's, and slap your mama's seasoning. <laughs> but you're, even in the interview, man, you opened me up to some things. I'm going to have to try it. So yes, with so absolutely. many families, um, due to COVID, um, we're not able to necessarily go out to the restaurants to get the food that we used to. What are some tips or advice you can give to families who are dining on a budget but don't necessarily want to have to change their diet due to lack of finances to get their usual food? Yes, and I completely understand exactly the question that you're asking and how you're coming with it. I started doing this thing with Ricky Smiley about two months ago. Uh, It's called Quarantine Cooking. And if you go to my Instagram page, I do these quarantine meals and show you how to make it in six minutes or less. But the biggest thing, what you, what you, a lot, because the world is facing it, man, look, I used to could afford to, to eat out or eat this dish, but mm-hmm. now, hey, how do I create it? How do I get that experience at home on a budget? And one of the biggest things that, to do is, is really start repurposing a lot of your dishes. So when you, when you when you buy it, when you buy protein or you buy certain herbs or spices, always think about the next day on how can I make this. So if I so hey look, I know these shrimp cost a lot. So what can I do to to get the best bang out of it because I'm craving shrimp tonight. So what you do is you buy your large shrimp, and you know typically how you would butterfly shrimp except instead of butterflying it. You just cut the shrimp completely in half. So now you have from one one large shrimp, you have two. You have you have two, which is no more than a half. That you you use that one half today. It may be hey, I'm making a a shrimp scampi in some grape seed oil with some some wheat pasta or some spinach pasta, and I'm adding in some some minced garlic in it. That second set, that second half of the shrimp, that next day. What you do is you trick it out for lunchtime. You get you some celery. You get you some, some bell peppers. And if you, you like some mayo or something like that, you fold together. You make, a, you make a shrimp salad. But what you do is you put it on a bun. So just like eating a lobster roll, you got a mm-hmm. shrimp roll. 
Mm-hmm. You've taken one shrimp and you've made it into two things and you've satisfied those cravings. But at the same time, hey, say you're like, well, look, shrimp ain't even in my budget. I'm sticking with ground turkey or, or something yeah. of that nature. Okay, so take that ground turkey. Tonight, what you do is you got that ground turkey. You can take some low-sodium soy sauce, some pineapple juice, some crushed red pepper flakes, a tablespoon of brown sugar because, see, you know, the benefit from brown sugar versus white granulated sugar, brown sugar has all of the nutrients in it. It has the molasses and all of that. That's why it's brown. You get that white, as we call it, the stepped-on granulated sugar is when they extract the, the molasses mm-hmm. from brown sugar, then it's white. It's the white granulated sugar. But you mix the pineapple juice, low-sodium soy sauce, the brown sugar, crushed peppers, together, let it cook down and form the teriyaki sauce. So now you're stirring up some turkey burgers. Guess what? You got a pineapple teriyaki turkey burger that you can make, or you can fold them up, turn them into meatballs. The next day, if you got half of that ground beef left over, guess what? You can take it and you can turn it into a turkey lasagna. You can do some Swedish meatballs, some turkey meatballs. So there's so many things, and that's what I teach a lot of people is how to shop, not just for the day that you're cooking for, but how to take the remaining remaining ingredients and repurpose it for the next day. I, I'm, I'm about to just start calling you Uncle Jay. Because <laughs> you're making me hungry. I have a question. This is a personal question. I'm, I'm, I'm easing into um, eating better. What is like for someone who's not used to eating better, what's one easy way to slide into from necessarily doing all the fried foods all the time? Like what's one of the easiest things to do? One of the easiest things to do, and I always tell people is, uh, play it the same way that they do like the days of the week. You know, almost every day of the week got some form of a thing, like meatless Mondays. You know, I always say, to really start a lifestyle change, if you follow, you got meatless Mondays, you got Taco Tuesdays, things like that. On mm-hmm. Mondays, the best way is make one of those days uh, a meatless day. Hey, y'all, do me a favor. Go to www.ilovethespotlight.com to find out about the Cheryl Underwood radio show uh, Monday through Friday at 3 o'clock Central Standard Time. And the inspirations with Carmina, our gospel show, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. <laughs> Let's get back to the show. That will completely change your diet, your insides, and everything. If what I'm saying on Meatless Mondays, if you're doing something and you don't include any kind of meat in there, that changes everything as where well to jump start. The next day, if you're doing Taco Tuesday, you can do tacos. You ain't got to do the shell. You know, you ain't got to do the tortilla shell because that's where the flour and the bread come from. Mm-hmm. Do a taco salad. Get the same, you get the same benefits except, hey, you remove the shell. So it's, it's small, minute things like that that just becomes a lifestyle change. And I always tell people, don't even look at it as a diet. Look at it as a, as a lifestyle change. Fried chicken, one of the things that I, I really love, and I was always looking for ways, okay, how can I get the best of both worlds? Because fried chicken, we're texture creatures. We really love that. Yes. Yes. It's from it. So what you do is, I created what I call baked fried chicken. You just get your, 
your, your grape seed oil, which has a high heat content. Peanut oil also has a high heat content. Cause I know you say you like using peanut oil, mm-hmm. but you don't submerge the chicken into the oil like deep fried it. And then instead of using regular flour, get you some wheat flour. Wheat flour just as good. You can't you can't even tell the tr- tell the difference. But it's a little more better, a little more refined. And what you do is batter your chicken in the wheat flour or regular flour if you don't want to do wheat flour. Just put you just a, a shallow amount of the oil in the bottom of your skillet. You're going to sear the chicken in the skillet just long enough to form that crust on the outside. You're not trying to cook the chicken until it's done. Sear it on the outside to get that nice crust on it. Then take it straight from the skillet. Put it in the oven, 375 degrees. But what you want to do is have you one of those baking racks where the chicken is not laying flat on the pan. Because Mm -hmm. when you bake it in the oven, 375 degrees for 30 minutes, guess what it's going to do? It's going to pull all of that grease out of it like a drip pan. So the outside of it is going to have that nice, amazing, crispy crust that you love. But the inside is going to be baked chicken. So you pour some of those trans fats out. And that's how you get the best of both worlds. Trying that this week. Yes, sir, I am. My son is going to have to like it and love it anyway. Uh, You are a proud (laughs) supporter of the nonprofit organization, First Things First, which teaches couples about love, cooking, and working through marital issues. Um, Why is this organization important, and why didn't I know about you about two years ago? (laughs) (laughs) Man, you know, first thing, for one one of the things is, hey, I, I'm I'm a proud I'm a proud husband and father. I've been married for 21 years, and one of the things, hey, you you know you have those those shares of ups and downs, and as I learned to navigate through mine, and I and I saw, and 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 one of the things I really hate is is where they say with our African American co- uh, culture, our divorce rate is high. Um, mm-hmm. Single parent families, you know those things. The the fathers is absent in in, in the child's life those things so I want to do my job to to break that stigma because it's a it's a lot of dads that step up to the plate and that are handling their business but you don't hear about those you yeah. only hear about the ones that hey are not there in their life now hey let's give it up for the ones that are doing what we what we naturally supposed to do and we're being there we're being present and I really wanted to show how to bridge the gap through food because, hey, as I always say, food is always first base. When you meet somebody, whether you're yes. together, hey, and I also use the dinner table as a, foc- a focal point of finding out what's going on in my significant other's life, what's going on in the kid, kid's life, because it's really all about first things first, you know, because those are the first things, you know. It's, it's taking care of that family and showing others, because as they say, charity starts at home first, and then it's spread it abroad. So if I can lead by example in the home, then I can share a clear, conscious, clean message abroad and help show others, hey, it's, it's good, you know, because we, we sometimes seem to think that, hey, look, man, I'm out here, I'm, I'm running the streets, I'm doing this, I'm stunned on them, and I'm all that. No, it looks good being a man. Hey, I'm handling my business with my family, I'm taking yeah. care of my kids, and I'm out here so that, so that our other young brothers and young other young sisters, they can change their view sight of seeing that, hey, there is another option out here, and I can be great in that way as well. 
And that's one of the things, you know, so first things first, I'm a supporter of them. Big brother, big sister, man, I, I love that model. I do a lot of things. Them, and I try to really take time throughout the year and, and as you say, get my philanthropist on and, and donate my time and my services to a lot of these different non-for-profits that really have a, a true mission and really trying to sow seeds into others. Well, uh, I salute you for that because although there are a, a lot of men that do it, you like you say, we don't get to hear about it. So since I know that you're one of them good ones, salute you, man. <laughs> so with this season of the show, what what's one of the things you want your audience to take away from every episode? You know, one of the biggest things is I want my audience to take away from every episode is not being afraid to go into the kitchen and try something new. Because what we're doing is we're breaking, we're breaking the barriers on thinking that, oh, this is the only way I can cook. This is the only way that they can cook in the kitchen. You know, don't be afraid to try that new spice. Don't be afraid to mix an ingredient that you didn't think went together. That's why, that's why we're pushing the envelope so, and we're bringing in these unique cultures. Well, even though we're bringing these unique cultures, Man, granted, all of these young ladies that are cooking alongside me are African-American as well, even though we have an African-American that has Cuban heritage. We have uh, uh, an African that's on there that's, that's coming straight out of South Africa from Ghana. You know, we're showing, hey, it's a new way to whip up something in the kitchen, and we're showing you how to do it in a fraction of the time. Don't be afraid to go in the kitchen because a lot of them think, man, if I go in the kitchen, it's going to be like cooking for Thanksgiving Then I'm being there six, seven hours. Yeah, it's yeah. It's going to take that long to go in there and cook something good. And we're going to show well, you how to do it. I, and, you know, just just thinking about it, uh, you with these these uh, four African-American women, man, y'all showing black excellence in the kitchen, man. And that's not something, you know, we have all of these cooking shows where, you don't get to focus on black excellence. So to me, this is my top shelf for my my Hell's Kitchen, yes. y'all, y'all, because you all, you know, y'all good at what y'all doing. Y'all are not afraid to share the information, man. I definitely appreciate it. I would be tuned in. Um, what, uh, I, oh, you have restaurants. Let's talk about it, because I'm about to hit one up if you got one in Dallas. No, I don't have one in Dallas, but I'm I'm working with the team. We probably will have one soon. Actually, I have an Asian restaurant that I lunch that's here in Atlanta where I'm at, downtown Atlanta, 60 Lucky Street, East Wave Asian Fusion. And see, I said African-American man talking about Asian cuisine. And owning I was the just about to ask, man, yeah. <laughs> but that's what it's about, not being afraid to step out of the spectrum. I, I studied Mandarin cuisine. I studied Malaysian cuisine, Filipino cuisine, and I'm taking my unique spin, my unique take on it, and showing you and creating an amazing, uh, we have an amazing platform. We sit right up under Georgia State University. Actually, we passed that five-year mark, because what did they say? A restaurant is not considered successful until you hit that five-year hump. So yeah. I'm proud to say that. So that's one, of, that's one of the key restaurants that I have here in Atlanta. Bet. Uh, last thing, um, what is some advice that you would want to share with uh, up and coming uh, chef? I know, and I, I never imagined in my life that there would be TV shows with chefs that is nine, ten, and eleven years old cooking food that you cook on a daily basis. I don't know how they do it, but what is advice that you would give to the younger chef to be? 
a youngest chef to be, you know, one of the biggest things I always tell them because I'm going on 22 years in this in this in this in this industry, uh, 10 in the film. Uh, endurance, endurance is is always the key. You know, as they say, the race is not always given to the swift, but to the one that endures. You know, regardless of, of what it is, you know, stay the course. And what you should definitely any upcoming chef, whether you want to go into the entertainment industry or whether you're going into the restaurant industry, determine what your culinary point of view is. Your culinary point of view is always the representation of who you are and what you want to represent on that plate is what you want people to experience when they taste your cuisine. Because only you can determine your culinary point of view. You can see other great chefs that are out there, and you can say, okay, I want to be like them, or I want, to, I want to do this, I want to do that. You may want to achieve what they have, but the only true way to achieve what it is, what they're achieving and doing better or what they're doing is by determining what your culinary point of view is, and that's who you are, and that's what you serve to people. You serve the best of who you are and treat every plate as if it was your last. Um, I... I was gonna make a comment, but I can tell that you are a man of scripture because whenever you start talking and you get happy, you talk like you're preaching when he at the end of the message. <laughs> so I, I have to let you know, I, I let individuals know, you know, on that point of things, I see the God in you and I appreciate that. Thank you. I yes, definitely thanks. see that. Yes, and you I always, every preacher talk like this. <laughs> <laughs> but how can the, uh, the the viewers and the listeners find out more information about you and this wonderful TV show, bro? Yes, go to myclio.tv as well as follow me on Instagram at Chef Gennard, C-H-E-F-J-E-R-N-A-R-D. And also check out my manufacturing company, HaltCuisine.store. I have an amazing line of sauces and seasoning. That's H-A-U-T-E-C-U-I-S-I-N-E dot store. Man, we definitely appreciate you taking out the time to uh, sit and talk with us for a little while. A uh, shout out to everything that you have, and we look forward to building a relationship with you. I'll be touching bases because I'm on every single show, and I'm going to make sure that the listening audience and the viewing audience is on to what you got going on. Man, I appreciate it once again. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Y'all have a wonderful, blessed day. Uh, you too, man. Thank you, man. It's been a pleasure. Yes, sir. Hey, thank you for listening to the Intro Dallas podcast show today for this particular show. But do me a favor. Don't forget, we have so many more shows that we've done before this one. So if this is your first time listening, go back and check out some more. In the meantime, in between time, subscribe to this podcast. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on whatever platform you are actually listening to this on, whether it be iHeartRadio, TuneIn, uh, Spotify, Amazon Music. I need you guys to subscribe and share. If you're listening on the Anchor app, if you go down to the bottom, there is a support link. You want to support us with your three, four, five dollars a month. Uh, we definitely appreciate that. And you can also check us out on YouTube for the actual video to a lot of these shows uh, that you're listening to. YouTube, our channel is the Intro Dallas. Yeah, that part. 
again, thank you guys for listening. Tell somebody about this show, man. I'll let your boy.